listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome and happy new year. This is your friendly neighborhood sexologist. Neighborhood with a U, of course. Jess O'Reilly and this is the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. They're offering you 50% off almost any single item plus free shipping on your entire order using code Jess. So if you're in the market for dildos, vibrators, lingerie, lube, hey, anal plugs, more, check them out, AdamandEve.com and be sure to use my discount code J-E-S-S. Now, I took last week off with apologies. Uh, well, no, sorry, not sorry, like a true Canadian. Because I was visiting my family down in Florida. I was traveling with my partner Brandon and my dog Lido and hanging with a couple of my favorite cousins, Mike and Denise and Anna and Matt. And uh, yeah, we were just chilling in, in Miami. My cousin Mike turned 50. We ate about, I don't know, 400 oysters. Brandon was with me and Brandon's here with me now. I am here. I, thought, I was waiting for the big introduction. <laughs> oh, Jeez, no. Jeez, come no, on. No, that's all you get. That's it. So yeah, we were down uh, taking pictures, exploring art, drinking good coffee, eating, and uh, we didn't record a podcast, but now, today, if you have a very sharp ear, you might already know where I am because we're down at Desire Resorts and, and our room is on the ocean and you can hear the waves coming up on shore. And I'm down here at Desire Resorts. I'm at Desire Pearl at this moment, moment, teaching two workshops, hosting a few book signings, and meeting couples from all over the world. And of course, we've been having some very interesting conversations. Very interesting conversations. <laughs> some interesting in a really interesting way, and others interesting in a air quotes kind of way. Yeah, yeah. Time. And uh, yesterday, we were chatting with a really lovely couple. I don't know how old they are. I'm going to guess they were... Older than us. How about that? Yeah, definitely older than us. In their, <laughs> in their 50s, they mentioned that it was their 36th wedding anniversary. And yeah. so if you're at 36 years, yeah, you're probably in your 50s, at least there. And they were talking about how coming down here to Desire has been great for their relationship and mentioned that even after 36 years of marriage, they still have sex. Yeah, that, that, that's an understatement. Regularly. So that to me is pretty great. Still having sex after 36 years, but not just having sex, having it regularly. But here's the kicker. They're not just having sex. They're not just having it regularly. They're having it on average six times per week. Serious fire going on there, man. Six times per week after 36 years. Now, and I'm a sexologist, this came as a surprise to me. Uh, and they told me this while we were chatting. They were chatting with Brandon. And uh, his reaction and my reaction, I thought, <laughs> was a little tense. Because we're sitting here fewer than 17 years into our relationship. And I'm supposed to be the sexologist. And they're having way more sex than I'm having. With Brandon. 
Well, I'm, I'm having a lot of sex. With it yourself? It just may just be with myself. Do you really even have that much time, though? No, I don't. <laughs> so, so I decided that it's time that we talk about sexual frequency here on the podcast and maybe get a little personal since, well, Brandon's here because he has a much better radio voice than I do and people like him. So, babe, okay. So we didn't discuss this. Yeah, this comes as a surprise to me sometimes, these topics. Yeah, so but I told him I needed him here to talk about frequency. So what I want to ask Brandon, babe, is what did you think when you heard from this couple and was the tension between us when they said six times a week, <laughs> the tension that I felt was palpable, was it real or did I just imagine it? I didn't feel maybe the same tension that you did, but I okay. I think my reaction was similar in that I was surprised for sure. I was I was a couple of things. Number one, I was impressed. I, I was like, that is impressive for you to not only have sex six times a week, but take the time to do that. So to prioritize that and make it something that you deem important. Um, Some of us don't even shower six times a week. Yourself. <laughs> uh, but then, but then, of course, the tension was more, I think, you and I being forced into a conversation, which is always a good thing, about what we both desire. I mean, that's certainly where the conversation went after we parted ways. and We didn't really finish it, though. With them or no. with us? <laughs> with us. So, okay. So, I think the reason I felt tension is that my expectations of myself, and I think, or at least the way I perceive other people's expectation of expectations of me, are different. And sometimes I feel they're elevated because I'm a sexologist. Like I'm supposed to do it all the time, and I'm supposed to be very good at it, and I'm supposed to, you know, rock your world and try all the different positions and do all the moves, the like a prayer, the twist and shout, the Claudia. And I don't know if you feel pressure as a sexologist husband that we should be maybe having it more. I mean, I certainly think that there is the pressure there. People expect us only be only I know that through conversation that we're hanging from the chandeliers every night, which often isn't the, the case. No, I'm, this is how we're doing I'm, it. Like I'm, this. I'm like, Listen, it's like this. Your dad's downstairs. <laughs> I think most people probably know if they've, if they've, I don't know how well some of you know me, but our, my and, father lives and, with us. He's and, almost yeah, 75. Say, we should contextualize that. Your yeah. father lives in our house. So, um, and, uh, yeah, so it's usually like, put your face in the pillow. I don't want the pillow, babe. Shh, shh, shh. We're taking this, this, this podcast in a whole other direction here. Um, but, but I just, I definitely feel, uh, I, I think there's an expectation that you and I have this insane, uh, intimate sex life. And I don't necessarily feel the same pressure I think that you do. Uh, I don't know why I don't. I think it, maybe it's just my attitude, my approach to it, that I'm I'm not necessarily as concerned with what other people think about my sex life because it's my sex life. I also wonder if it's because so many people ask me questions about my sex life. People, I think, have a lot of audacity to with this this erroneous belief that because I work in this field, you can ask me anything or say anything. But the reality is, yes, I'm a sexologist. And yes, I talk about sex for a living. But it doesn't mean that I don't have my own boundaries. So, you know, for instance, and maybe I'm getting a little off topic here, but I want to say it. Um, when people send me messages asking about my personal sex life or asking about my body, um, I feel as though I'm being unwillingly sexualized. 
So when you message me to ask me what we do, I feel like you're sexualizing me. And that might not be your intent, but you should know that it's the outcome. Right? So I, I want to keep spreading accurate, helpful information related to sex and relationships, but I don't want to feel sexualized by acquaintances or strangers or people that I know more at arm's length. And it's not that I don't like the people that I meet in my travels or who come to the show, or I, I really do, but I don't always want to talk about my own sex life. And I do think that sometimes the questions that come my way put a lot of pressure on me. I'm, I'm trying to think like of a good example. I think sometimes people, people will say to me, for instance, like, oh, well, you probably don't have that much sex, which I think is kind of strange. I don't know why they say that. I guess because I travel so much. And Brandon actually had a really interesting incident at the, um, at at, the trade show. Yeah, at a trade show recently. I'll, I'll let you tell it. Mm-hmm. Well, we were at a trade show. You were giving a one of your speeches and one of your presentations, and a gentleman, actually a, a, a couple, um, came up and began asking me about all the places that Dr. Jess had been this year. And there was a, a lengthy list that highlighted all of those spots, Hong Kong and the Philippines and Lebanon, India, Nepal, I, I mean, everywhere. And at the end of that list, he looked at me, the gentleman looked at me and said, well, there's absolutely no way that she can be in a happy, happy relationship traveling that much. And I said, oh, that's an interesting perspective. Um, would you care to elaborate a little bit more? I'm like, my, my understanding is that she is in a, in a happy relationship. I don't need to, to defend myself initially. And, and then he went on and said, well, she's an absolute fraud because there's no way that you can travel to 50, 60, 100 places a year and be in a happy relationship. And at that point, I, I felt compelled to step in. And I said, well, actually, I'm her partner. And I do believe that we're in a happy relationship. I appreciate Most you, you days. Know, perhaps your projection um, should should inspire another conversation for you to have with your partner. But the point is, is, is I think what it goes back to is a comparison. Like, forget the projection for a minute, but it's a comparison. Well, you can't travel that much and be happy. Well, okay. How how much sex do you have? Are you not uh, enough? Well, well, no, 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 not, <laughs> not that, not that, not that, that couple specifically. But I'm just. Oh, saying, I was talking about myself. Well, yeah, well, I'm <laughs> glad you feel that way. But more importantly, it's it's kind of like why do you feel the need to compare yourself to somebody else? So somebody has sex six times a week. Somebody else has sex twice a month. Uh, to each their own. Um, it doesn't mean that we're not striving for something different if that's what you want but I just don't understand why there is that focus on on the comparison and why somebody who has sex six times a week is necessarily happier or more fulfilled than somebody who has sex twice a month. Brandon Ware laying down the law. Laying so, it down. So I, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the data, what the data says about sexual frequency and then Brandon maybe you and I can talk a bit more about about what's going on with us. So Before I share the data, I'm always a little reticent to talk about frequency and averages because you are not average and you're not an average. And I'm always concerned that talking about averages, that in doing so, these averages will be used as barometers or yardsticks against which to measure your relationship success. But here's the thing. So frequency only matters as much as you feel it matters. You don't have to have more sex unless you and your partner want to have more sex. So if I share the data, 
the average, and you weigh in at a higher number, it doesn't necessarily mean your sex life is more satisfying because you might have sex more often than other couples, but it still may not be as much as you and your partner want it. So, and similarly, you may have far less frequent sex than average and have a richly fulfilling sex life because the only true measure of your sex life's or your degree of sexual satisfaction is your own. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah, so you can have sex once a day and be satisfied, and you can have sex once a year, or not at all, and be genuinely satisfied. It's a matter of your determining how often you want it and finding a balance, of course, between your frequency and your partner's. And I'm going to describe a tool a little bit later that I think you can use to to get this conversation started. So that's the first thing I want to say before I give you the data and the numbers on how often people are having sex. And the second is people lie about sex. All right? Really? Yeah, right? (laughs) People lie about sex even when the surveys are anonymous because ultimately we're lying to ourselves, right? So I've spoken to couples and one partner will say, uh, oh, Dr. Jess, we have sex every week, every week, once a week, um, like clockwork on Sundays. And then the other partner separately will say, oh, we have it consistently every other day. Yeah, absolutely. Every other day. So I'm wondering, are they having sex with each other? Unless they're having sex with separate partners, which is a different story altogether, which we'll certainly discuss in an upcoming episode. Something's got to give. Someone is not telling the truth. And perhaps... Neither of them is telling the truth. Perhaps it's not intentional, but it's inaccurate nonetheless. So please interpret sexual frequency data with a degree of, um, I guess, skepticism. (laughs) But let me pull up what the research says. So first we know that when it comes to frequency, married and partnered people have more sex than single people. And which I think is interesting because a lot of people think the singles are having all the sex, right? Maybe. I don't. I think I talk to enough single people about their sex. You don't have any single, yeah. Hey, how much sex are you having? Oh, that's the question I get. Along with what color of my nipples are my nipples? Stop sending, I know, stop sending me this stuff. I get so much junk, babe, you don't even know. Okay, the next one is um, there is a, a relationship between aging and a decline in sexual frequency, but that doesn't mean that older folks aren't having satisfying sex life. So, data from the Kinsey Institute says that 18 to 29 year olds, So if you're 18 to 29, you have sex an average of 112 times per year. So about twice a week on average, all right? And there's a big difference, I think, between 18 and 29, don't you think? I think there's some some reporting here where sex with themselves counts as part of that 112. There's well, a lot of 18-year-old men who are having sex with themselves 58 times a year. Are you reflecting back on your 18-year-old self? Yeah, well, if I was reflecting back on 18-year-old Brandon, 112. Six of those 112 times per year were with him, was with himself. Yeah, okay. And that also counts as sex, but right now we're talking about a partnered sexual encounter. For people in their 30s, it's an average of 86 times per year. So once every four days or just a little bit less than that. If you're in your 40s, this average strikes me as very high. 60, both of these strike me as high. 69 times per year on average um, because it's still more than once per week. And of course, there are many reasons why sexual frequency increases and decreases and kids are the big one, right? They're, they Kids result from sex and then they kill your sex. Um, so, And even though we don't have as much data for older people, sex definitely doesn't stop in your 40s. It continues. 28% of Americans over the age of 45 
report that they've had sexual intercourse once a week or more in the last six months, and 40% report having intercourse at least monthly. Uh, this is interesting for people in their 70s. So 13% of single men age 70 and older had sex a few times per month to weekly, all right? And for partnered and married men in this age group, uh, the rates were, sorry, for partnered men in this age group, so the rates were something like 63%. Didn't I, were you telling me about some of these seniors' homes where there was some frequent sexual activity. Lots in of them. sex going on. Yeah, actually, it's an it's a, an issue with regard to STI transmission because if you're looking at people, for instance, in their seventies, uh, for many of them, they didn't grow up with as much consciousness around safer sex uh, and with the safer sex messaging that existed for them when they were younger. It was really focused on not getting pregnant, as opposed to the transmission of STI, transmission of HIV. So there have been some renewed campaigns. I know, for instance, in some of the snowbird communities. In Florida. And, uh, you know, I, I look forward to aging. You know that being here at Desire actually is one of the reasons why I'm not afraid of aging. I'm not afraid of, like, the little wrinkles that show up on my face. Um, because Not because people here are old, but because the first time I came here, I was 26 years old and people were older and they were still really sexy. And so I, I you know, at 26, you think someone who's 45 or 50 is so old. Um, so that, that's a lot of data I've given you there. But another way to put it um, with regard to sexual frequency is that for Americans in relationships, the most commonly reported frequency is somewhere between what I read as three to four times per month. So just less than weekly. Just under half of married men and women between the ages of 25 and 49 have sex on average of a few times per month to weekly. So we're looking at three to four times a month. This is the highest rate reported in this age category between 25 and 49. So two, three, four times a month. Uh, but here's another important piece of research that looks not only at frequency, but also at the connection between sexual frequency and happiness levels in the relationship. And this research comes out of my alma mater. Uh, University of Toronto researchers found that there is a magic number on average and that overall happiness increases with sexual frequency. But this associated happiness boost maxes out at one time per week. So once is kind of, once a week is this magic number and uh, it seems to be enough to maintain the connection and it really is about the prioritization of intimacy and sex, not about keeping score. I mean, we have months where we definitely don't have sex once a month. Like I think about November, I was in, oh, he's looking at me funny. Well, I'm no. looking at you kind of and, and question and then I remember that, yes, you weren't a, a at home for Sorry, did I say weeks. once a week? You said once a month. Oh, I meant once a week. Yeah, no, because I wasn't home for 25 days in November. And I didn't come home. And in the five remaining days, they like, oh, we got to make you know, up I, for I, it. I, I had sex a lot <laughs> by myself. Yeah, <laughs> that, I did that too. That month. I did that too. But did you have it a lot? No, not, not, not enough. No? <laughs> I feel like you're lazy and you just Netflix and go to sleep by yourself. Netflix and snooze. <laughs> so I think in all of this discussion, maybe we should talk a little bit more about us because um, people are obviously interested in other people's sex lives. And I think uh, another reason I'm always nervous to talk about our own sex life is that I think people have this idea that, you know, that we're some sort of 
gold standard when we're more of like a tarnished rusty (laughs) no i'm just saying that that you (laughs) can't i I don't want to be held as the standard that everyone should aim toward like i think we have a really nice relationship i I love having sex with you um the feeling is is mutual don't worry (laughs) but um the quality is a bit more important than quantity to me and i think to most people but maybe we should talk um so do you think i want sex more than you I think you used to want sex more than me. And then yeah. what happened? What did happen? <laughs> uh, life changed, you honestly. You started traveling a whole lot. Yeah. I come home and I need a day to recover. Yeah. I have this fantasy always on the plane that I'm going to jump your bones and then I get home and I'm like, oh, the dog is kissing and, and me and then, my bed looks so comfy. And so you're 12 d- hours ahead of us. So do you think now you want it more than me? I'd say we're probably pretty similar in terms of our desire. Okay, so how often do you want it? Ready on three. And We're going to say it. How often I want it? Yep. Really? Hold on. Weekly or monthly? Weekly. Okay. Because I don't want... Yeah. Ready? Okay. One. Oh, one. I'm going to say once every X days. Okay. Okay. Once every two 74. days. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, in an ideal world, I think I'd like to have it every other day. Yeah, I- I'm probably three times a week. Okay. Is that so the same? It's pretty I'm close. I'm less than you. Slightly less. Slightly less. Yeah, three sounds really nice to me. But let's be honest, I don't think we have sex three times a week. Not lately. Not in the last like three years. Well, I think in the last few weeks we have because we've been together. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Because we're together. But if we're not together, we didn't have sex yesterday. I think we're the... Are you not keeping... (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, it's just funny because I think we're probably the only couple at Desire who didn't have sex yesterday. I was really tired. (laughs) Maybe today. Maybe. The night is not young. No, just kidding. So, okay. So three times a week sounds really great to me, honestly. Um, We don't do that. And it's my travel schedule that's a big hindrance. Um, Travel and work. I mean, those are certainly two... Big distractors. And sometimes it's the living situation yeah, with okay. family. Yeah, like I know other yeah, people have children. Is. We have a 75-year-old. And um, so what do you think we can do to, to have more sex? Definitely prioritizing it, carving out time. But like how? Let's be specific. Rather than turning on Netflix... Being cognizant to not turn on. You look really disappointed right now. Am I taking away from your El Chapo El time? El Chapo! We watched the rest of the season. Okay, but... It's done. Now you're just going to go find a new show. Right, a new show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm learning no, Spanish. But... Aprendo Español. You yeah, see. Sí. La misma. <laughs> La misma. La misma. Um, yeah, definitely carving out time. But carving out time is actually blocking off time. And I know that's a weird thing to say. Even mm-hmm. for me, to, as I'm saying it, I'm like, oh yeah, it's weird. So it's 9 o'clock. Now it's sexy time. Uh, if you say I, it like that, definitely not. Definitely not. not. Yeah. Um, but even if it's not, even if the intent is to just maybe spend some time together or... Oh, we're going to have sex. Not, not <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. If, if, if we're if carving we're out time, but we're going to get down to business. If we're in efficiency. the same room, yeah. But I would, but but the intent should be to, you know, let's just say it doesn't necessarily have to result in sex, but even if we were to spend time together trying to focus, I mean, as I have been lately... Taking more time to try and be present. That's such a weird concept for me, or it has been for the longest time to be present. And uh, taking time to, to make an attempt to be present, I think will, at least for me, allow me to relax. And then that's my, that's my jam. That's my root. That's your core erotic it's, it's feeling. It's my core erotic feeling that if I am relaxed, then I can get into it. Mm-hmm. And if I can't, then I just can't. Mm-hmm. But you're you're pretty good at like centering yourself. I find Brandon's actually using uh, you're using an app right now. I am. It's on, a great app. Is it on Presence? 
Or that's it's a part on, of it? It's definitely a part of it, for sure. What is it called? It's called Pacifica. Oh, Pacifica. Okay. And, and uh, I actually have a video course I'm developing on presence. And ever since I started developing this video course, so it's basically a, a video series uh, along with another sexologist, Dr. Reese Malone, uh, that walks people through being more present in their intimate relationships. And... Um, there are exercises that both Reese and I use with clients and teach in workshops and, and do one-on-one. But since we started developing this course, I've been struggling with presence because every time I do one of the exercises, I think about it how it's, work. yeah, how it should translate to is video. It like is it like that with our sex life too? I'm not going to lie once in a while. For real. Like once in a while you'll do something and I'll be like, that's so yeah. good. I need to turn teach into, that. I need to bottle I need to bottle that and sell it. Whatever. The, 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 what's the trick? Under promise? Over deliver? No, he's very good, people. Um, I could just sell you out, right? No. Uh, no, okay. So sorry, to get back on track, you're right, we need to carve time out more effectively. Um, I know that one big mistake I make is that as soon as I get back into town, so I travel every week, sometimes I'm in multiple countries in a week, and the moment I'm back in Toronto, I'm booked, usually from 7 in the morning the next day, because I have this, I'm overly ambitious with my scheduling, and I think I can do everything, and of course, because I'm in Toronto, I want to leverage the fact that I'm in Toronto, so I need to not schedule things as soon as I land. Like it sounds like a really simple practical thing, but it's something we can do, I think, so that we have more sex. Is there anything you want from me in order to have more sex? I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Yeah, you're putting me on the spot. I mean, the same the same issues that we've discussed before, actually, I think we talked about them in one of the previous podcasts. What's that? Uh, technology. Like technology yeah. is such a, a blessing and a curse. Yeah. It, it allows us to work efficiently from all over the world from here in mexico yeah, definitely. yeah. and it, in so many ways it's a blessing and at the same time it'll be 10 30 at night we started work at seriously 7 or seven fifteen in the morning yeah. and we're still working and then all of a sudden you shut off at 10 30 at night and you're like okay yeah let's let's you know let's relax let's get in the mood and it's hard to turn it off in five minutes or 15 minutes and to go from work mode to relax mode when you only have, you know, an hour or two left in the day to begin with. Right. And you're getting up in a few hours. Yeah. So we need to carve out time. We, we've been pretty good about keeping tech out of the bedroom. I know we've talked yeah, about that before. Like we don't bring the phones up to that floor generally mm -hmm. where our bedroom is. And I'm trying to think for me what would make me want it more or, or do it more. It's not that I don't want to. It's just that I need to like push myself to do it. Um, I do really? find that really really I need I need to I need to set better boundaries with with my schedule right like I've said to you I'm, I'm very over scheduled and that's that's my choice right and I always again I use that example of Oprah wants to have lunch with you tomorrow you carve out the time and I feel like sex with Brandon is pretty much lunch with Oprah <laughs> no, I bet you lunch with Oprah is better <laughs> Um, maybe one is a little more scarce than the other. Yes. Agreed. So I, I have an exercise that I often teach and facilitate for couples around sexual frequency. And it has to do with starting the conversation regarding sexual frequency. So it's pretty simple. Bryn and I just did kind of our own verbal audio version of it, but you take a piece of paper, you each have a piece of paper, and on that piece of paper, you write down how often you want to have sex. Do you want it once a week, once a month, once an hour, once a decade? However often you want it, be honest. And then you draw a line under your number. 
And on the bottom half of the page, you write down how often you believe or perceive your partner to want sex. So do they want it once a day, once an hour, once a week, once a month, once a year, once a decade? And then you compare notes, right? So generally, if you want sex more often than your partner, you tend to underestimate how often they want it. And if you want, yeah, if you want sex less often than your partner, you tend to overestimate because if your partner's, you know, wanting sex from you and you're saying no, it can often feel like, oh, they always want it, they always want it, they're always asking for it, right? So we tend to not be very accurate at estimating one another's numbers. In fact, I think I would have estimated yours more at like once every three days. So like two times a week? Yeah, two. Two, to, two and a half? Yeah. So, but I, I think, again, it comes down to timing. And, and I'll tell you, like, I, I joked that I felt tense when this couple mentioned six times a week, but I don't feel like, any tension with no, you right I now. I no, I feel, I feel like, like there's any good about it. And I feel, I feel like I am the one who needs to prioritize sex a little bit more. Um, we both work a lot, but I think that I let my work consume me in a different way. And maybe I used to be better at compartmentalizing it. Like you said, I used to want it more. Um, and I want you more. Like I physically want you more now. I just, just take advantage of that while it's still last. <laughs> no, it's going to be that way for a long time. Look at those numbers for the men in their 70s. Um, so you do this exercise. You write down how often you want it. You write down how often you think your partner wants it. You compare notes. You have a laugh. And then you have a discussion, right? You have to have a discussion so that you can find some middle ground. I mean, I guess we're not a great example because we have, uh, we're kind of on the same page. Um, but as you search for common ground, which is the key to creating sexual compatibility, again, sexual compatibility is not something you find, it's something you create, you'll have to ask and answer a number of questions with your partner. So, like, so for example, what should we do when one of us is in the mood and the other is not? Right? Like, so for instance, if I'm not in the mood, which is probably more likely uh, lately, what I'll usually say is like, you know, help put me in the mood. Right? But it can't be all be on you. I also have to do something. But it might also be that you need to go take care of yourself in the shower or look for other ways to connect or look for ways to get in the mood as the day goes on. So that's one question. You know, what do we do when one of us is in the mood and the other isn't? What can you do to adjust your interest in sex, right? So maybe you want to want sex more or less. And how does the way you speak to yourself, the way you exercise, the way you eat, the way you fantasize, the way you give directions in bed, the way you masturbate, how do those components interact? And then, so what can I do to adjust my interest in sex, but also what can my partner do to support my interest in sex. So for instance, we'll hear from, I'll hear from couples all the time where one of them will say, um, you know, I want to want sex. I'm just exhausted. I, I work all day. I look after the kids. I share, I take on a disproportionate percentage of the unpaid labor here and I want to want sex, but I'm tired. So, you know, what can you do to shift the way your partner supports you? What can they do um, around quality time, around sharing more of the workload, around maybe even improving their sexual techniques. Some people don't want to have sex as often because they're, it's not as satisfying for them, right? Satisfaction isn't just about frequency. Of course, quality is more important. Um, and then here's a tough one for a lot of people. You know, how do you indicate 
whether or not you're in the mood, right? And how can you stay connected when sex is off the table? Because there are going to be days where you want to be connected, you want to feel intimate, but you don't necessarily want to have sex, but you want the benefits that come with sex aside from perhaps the, the orgasm. So what, what else can you do? And regardless of whether you want sex more or less often than your partner, you have to share in making these shifts that are both attitudinal and behavioral so that you find some common ground. And it's a team effort, again, cultivating that sexual compatibility. And anything to add there, Mr. Brandon? No, I mean, I, I think as somebody who's here to give his own experience, of course, everything sounded great. You approve this message? I, Brandon, <laughs> approves this message and has nothing intelligent to add to the conversation. No, that's not true. What about us? I'm just wondering if there's anything we can share. Um, one thing is I, I don't feel... I do feel a little bit of pressure, not from you, but I think from my job and from sometimes the way other people communicate with me. But I need to alleviate myself of that pressure, right? It's not going to be a good sex life if I'm just having sex in order to check a box and say, yep, we did it three times this week, or yep, I did it more than any of my clients. Like that doesn't make any sex, any sex, yes. any sense. I you need to have sex exactly as often as you want to have it. And your partner, like we can say, oh, once a week is that happy magic number. But if once a week doesn't work for you, the number is irrelevant. Definitely. I mean, I, I completely agree with you in that respect. I'm also thinking about the exercise where you and, and your partner um, sit down and exchange uh, the numbers and mm -hmm. how that, you know, I, I think that there would be this, the possibility that would I feel, you know, emasculated if I wanted sex less than you because there is this social pressure for men to want it more. That's, at a, least that's a good point. More than, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're taught to, oh, you know, you're always, you should always want it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just being honest and being vulnerable and being yourself and saying, you know, like, I don't want it this much right now or I want, you know, and being okay with that. Because I would say for, uh, for a while, there was definitely a period where you wanted it more than I did. And whether that was because of stress or some other, for whatever reason, um, I think if somebody had questioned me, you know, saying this on your podcast now to all the people that are listening, yeah, I probably Hi, would have, hey, what's up? <laughs> I would have felt like less of, uh, and this sounds really, you know, it, it's not necessarily the appropriate way to look at things, but I would have felt like less of a man. Right, and I don't think that that's. I certainly don't feel that way now, and I and I'm learning so much as I, you know, as I as I venture through life. But I think it's it's about being honest with yourself and being like, this is just how I feel right now. It doesn't mean that it won't change in the future. Well, that's but exactly. Is, but this is how I point. feel today, and you know what? In in three weeks or three months or three years, I may want it more or I may want it less. And you know what? If your partner, if my partner wanted it, you wanted it less, or sorry, wanted it more than I did, I would obviously support that decision and, and try to work with you. But then I too may quickly, all of a sudden, if I'm enjoying whatever it is we're doing, we're making an effort, it's being something that we're working on together, um, start wanting it more perhaps. Right. right. Yeah. I think that those are all really important points, especially the fluctuation piece, right? Like where we're at today is not where we'll be in two years, two months, two years, 20 years. And so an exercise like this in sexual frequency mm -hmm. is in fact 
not necessarily a one-shot deal, right? The conversation, like like if you're talking to your kids about sex, you can't have the talk. It needs to be an ongoing talk. And it's similar for relationships. All of these exercises, and I have this program coming out, 50 exercises to save your relationship. Like you can do those over and over again. And each time there's going to be fruitful results that are different than the time before. And you had mentioned to me before the, the percentage of, uh, of women that want sex more than their partners. Yeah, so when I would see couples around differentials and desire, half of the cases, anecdotally, it, it, with hetero couples, with male-female couples, was the, the woman wanting it more. And there was a study that came out of Britain more recently suggesting that, in fact, women are the ones complaining about wanting more sex. So 59% of women said they wanted sex more often than they're getting it in their relationship, whereas only 41% of men feel the same way. Maybe it's the Brits, but Maybe, they, yeah. I, there's there are, are certainly some, I think, very limiting gender stereotypes around sexual desire, and maybe we can't delve into those. But I think it's brave of you, you know, to to don't make that face. Okay. Um, <laughs> I face at my at myself. No, no, to admit that you know sometimes there have been times when you've wanted it less. I definitely feel like you want it more than me now, um, but I think it's more that you're more willing to initiate, which is something I still am working on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Uh, any, anything else to add? No, I think that's it. I think it's just being honest with yourself and being okay with that. Yeah. And it's it's a conversation. Like it's not that you're going to resolve this in 30 minutes, but if you keep the conversation ongoing. Um, well, those those 50 exercises that you uh, have put into a program, I mean, we, we talk about them and we've been doing them for years and it it doesn't surprise me, but it, it excites me every time we, we have those discussions and we talk about the things and how they change over over the years. Yeah, I'm really interested actually in this couple we were talking to yesterday uh, celebrating their 36th anniversary who were saying they have sex six times a week. I wonder if there was a time in their relationship where it was very different. And I want to be really clear. I was impressed with the number because I was surprised, not because I think, oh, that's great. You're doing it six times, right? Like if if you're doing it six times a year or six times a week, again, you do you. You do what works for you. So I don't want to Um, miscommunicate the fact that I think, oh, they're amazing. Like I don't feel any less because we definitely don't have it six times a week. I don't even feel like in the beginning we were having sex six times a week, were we? I don't think so. I mean, I wasn't there for it. (laughs) Where were you? I don't know. Well, we we are definitely out of time. We rambled a little bit. That was, um, thanks, babe, an honest discussion. So thank you. No problem. Yeah. So thank you, folks. Uh, a reminder again, this episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com. And you've got that discount code just to save 50% off almost any single item plus free shipping on your entire order. So check them out, adamandeve.com. Thank you so much. I love hearing from you. So please following lo- follow, follow along, subscribe to the podcast, and share with your friends. I am at Sex with Dr. Jess on all social media. Thanks, babe. Thank you. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life.